Good morning. Uh, Today's reading will be from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Taken from the New International Version. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Good morning, church. Have you ever wondered what God's will for you is? You know, this is probably the most popular question that people ask me. And a close second to that is, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? But when we ask the question, what is God's will for me? I think we're genuinely asking because we want to do what's right in our lives. We want to do well in every given situation that we are in. Take, for example... These questions, I'm pretty sure you've asked these questions at some point in your life. Think about this. What career or job should I pursue? What college or university should I attend? Where should I live? Who should I marry? How many kids should we have and when? How should I best use my time and my money? Or... What is the best way that I can manage or handle this difficult situation that I am in? These are all good questions to ask. The reason these are all good questions to ask is because it sheds some light on the big question that we have, which is, what is God's will for my life? But they do not give us the full picture. In fact, they only give us half of the picture. Because when we talk about God's will, we're talking about two things. We're talking about knowing God's will and doing God's will. Knowing God's will is not enough. Because when we ask the question, what is God's will for me? It is implied that we want to form and change our will to conform to God's will so that we can do the second part. So that when we find out what God's will is, we can take God's will And we would want to have that will be done in our life, in any situation that we are currently in. Now, um, how do we do that? What, What should we do in order for us to be able to do, to know what God's will is and to do it? Well, the key is for us to ask the right questions. It's okay to ask what God's will is, because when we ask what God's will is, we turn to that question, what should I do? 
But before we even ask, what should I do? We should ask this one question first. And this first question that we need to ask ourselves is this. Who should I be? Who should I be? This morning we start a brand new sermon series for the month of April for five weeks. We're going to talk about what we believe about human beings. We're going to talk about ourselves. We're going to find out who we are and what we do in our relationship with God and with each other. Specifically for this first lesson in our series today, we are going to find out who we are as God originally created us to be. In a manner of speaking, we're going to find out today who we should be according to God himself. So, um, God, in his word, has revealed to us who we should be. And when we find out who we should be, it, it greatly facilitates finding out what God's will for our life is. And who we need to be in this life. In fact, in Genesis, the very, in the very first page or page or two, depending on your Bible, God reveals to us what he created us to be from the very beginning in creation. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 we read, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. So in light of this verse, the first thing that we affirm and believe about us as human beings is that we have been created by God to be his image bearers. See, God did not create us to be gods. Okay, That's not what this means. God created us to bear his image. In many, many ways, we are like God. We have his characteristics. This morning, we're going to answer the what and the why of being image bearers. We're going to ask what this means to be an image bearer and why it is important for us today. Specifically, this morning, we're going to look at three key things that provide, provide us answer to this, answers to this question of being image bearers. In Scripture, in uh, the book of Genesis, we see the account of creation. And in the account of creation, we see God speaking and commanding. And when he, as he commands and speaks, things appear. Light appeared. A light appears. And then the sky. And then the seas and dry land. The plants and the trees. And then he creates the heavenly bodies. The sun, moon, and the stars. And then he goes on to populate the, the sea with fish. And the, and the air with birds. And the land with mammals. And all animals of different kinds. And then he creates us. Human beings. Out of all of these things that he created, he zoned in on one thing that he prioritized and valued over anything else that he created. And that is us human beings. We know that we are the best of God's creation because we have been made in the image and likeness of God. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, we read about that. We read, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals 
and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Well, let's break this down a little bit here. Let's look at the first part. God said, let us. You're probably thinking, let us. But I mean, he's not talking to humans, right? He couldn't have been talking to humans because he had not made them yet. But he's also not talking to angels because we are not made in the image of God and angels. We are made in the image of God. Do you guys see what we're talking about here? Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about what we believe about God. And we were reminded that God is a triune God. He is a Trinitarian God, which means that he is one God in three persons. We see here that God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were having a meeting. Do you see that? They're having a meeting. God is having a meeting. And that meeting is very important because he is about to make the most important of his creation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit decide that they, God, is going to make man in his own image and likeness. Now the question that we have today, the first one that we're going to ask ourselves is this. What does that mean? What does that mean to be made in the image of God. What does it mean to be God's image bearers on earth? Well, the answer lies right in front of you. Right in that passage, we see the reason why God made us his image bearers. Can you guys see it? The reason God created us to be in his image is so that, sorry, that didn't show, so that, see that <laughs> right there, so that they may rule. So that they may rule. So, in a manner of speaking, the first thing about being image bearers is that we rule. So, here, to rule is to have dominion or power over something. This is what God does. He is the creator and the ruler of everything. But since he made us in his own image, he delegated that task over to us to rule over his creation. In Genesis 1.28, when he made Adam and Eve, he commanded them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. To rule over his creation means... We want to fill it and we want to subdue it. We want to populate it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. King David affirms this in the book of Psalms. In Psalm chapter 8 verse 6, King David writes, You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You being God, them being us. God made us rulers over the works of his hands. God put everything under our feet. We are, in, in a manner of speaking, the top dog of creation. We rule the world. And we see that. That's a fact. There's nothing else really above us in creation. We rule the world. But when I say that, when we say rule the world, there's probably something in your mind that's going through. It probably makes you cringe, right? Well, we rule the world? 
But remember this, because we're thinking about it because we are sinful people, and it's hard for us to say we rule the world. But in the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, God's idea of ruling the world did not include mistreatment and violence. His idea of ruling the world included just all good things. How do we know this? Because that is how God rules. God rules with holiness, with justice, and with love. And that is what he expected Adam and Eve to do. That is what ruling the world means. That is what our work in the world needs to be. With holiness, justice, and love. Just like God would rule the world. And we see a glimpse of that in Psalm 145, verses 16 and 17. When you, God, open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. He's inclusive. He's merciful to everyone. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. And this is the second thing that we want to identify when it comes to us being image bearers. First, we rule on God's behalf. But secondly, we reflect God's character. We rule the way God will rule. With kindness, with holiness, with justice, with love, with righteousness. Human beings have been set apart from the rest of creation. And it's easy to see this because of the things that we can do. And we are able to rule the way that we do because God has given us that ability. God did not only decree that we will be made in his image and likeness. He also gave us the ability superior to that of anything that he created. For example, when we rule the world, okay, we need to be responsible. God has given that to us because he is a responsible God. He made us to also be responsible. We care for the things that we own. We care for the things that we value. We have responsibility because we are given the honor and the task to rule the world, God has also given us intellect. We're smart. Because of our intelligence, we are able to build, we are able to cultivate, we are able to create and make. And because of our intellect, we have wisdom. Wisdom is what we have so that we can learn from our mistakes and successes. See, quality control, God has built in to us. God has given us wisdom. God has also made us very creative. Now we ask yourself, is God a creative God? Of course he is a creative God. He created this whole thing that we see today. And God gave us a big measure of that creativity. God has also given us reason. And above all that, God has also given us morality. God gave us the ability To reason and know what right and wrong is. Now, there's many more things that we can add to this, right? But if we did, we're gonna, we're not gonna have any time. But these are some of the big things that we see that separate us from, from dogs and cats and tiger sharks and whales and monkeys. We are different and superior to any of them because we have these. 
And because we have these, we can rule the world. Think about it. And again, think about it. Think about what the things that I'm going to say without sort of thinking about the sin of the world. Okay? Think about the advancements and the things that we have seen in our technology, in our industries, like in education, engineering, medicine. Think about the governments that we have created. Think about the, the laws and the rules that we have put in place. Think about the arts and the architecture that we have in this world. We have done some amazing things. And all because God has given that ability to us. He wanted us to do this, to be able to rule the world. Okay? Now, God has given us the ability to rule and reflect his character in this world. When we do that, we are left with the second question that we have today. And that second question is, so what? What is it to us that God has decreed and gave us that honor to rule and reflect his character? What does it mean to us today? Well, the last thing that I want to talk to you guys about today is that being image bearers, when we rule on behalf of God and reflect his character in the world, we also represent God in the world. We represent God in the world. What we do here shines a light on who our God is. That's why we see passages like this. Luke 6, Luke 6, 36. Before, therefore be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Because God created us in his image. He expects us to be merciful as he is. And so we represent his mercy to the world. And that's also the reason why we see passages like this in Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God did not just save us so that we could be in heaven one day. God saved us in Christ so that he can restore what he originally designed at the very beginning in creation. He wanted us to be his image bearers so that we can rule the world with good works that he has prepared for us to do. Remember, the good works, the ruling that we're supposed to do, God is a different version of that than we have now. Remember? All his version of good works, his version of ruling the world is just good stuff. Cultivating the earth, protecting his creation, and being good stewards and responsible stewards of the things that he created. Those are the good works that we are to do. These are the good works that God prepared for us from the very beginning. And also, the reason why we need to represent him in this world is the same reason why we see passages like this in Matthew chapter 4. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. These works that God has given us, they are not our works. It's his work because he gave them to us to do. And when we do those, 
we represent him in the world. We shed, we, 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 we uh, demonstrate and show his light into the world. But there's a complication. Okay, this is when the part of the story that becomes complicated. There's a complication in our ruling, our reflecting, and our representing God in this world. And that complication, as you all know, is sin. Sin severely deformed the image of God in us. Okay? So now that we have sin in, the, in our lesson, you can look at all these things and you can go, no, 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 this is not, this is not us. Do you know why we can say that? Because we know about sin. We know that this is not the only things that we're capable of. Included in all of this and intermingled in all of this are the things that, that really like soil and ruin many of these things that God gave us. Because of sin, our wisdom and intelligence and responsibility and reason and creativity and morality have been soiled by greed, by selfishness, by fighting and bickering, by envy, by all sorts of bad things. And because, because of that, we say that we are lost. And since we are lost, Romans 3.23 nails it on the head. The Apostle Paul tells us that we all have sinned. Not one is perfect. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. In our work of ruling and, and uh, reflecting, we are not able to represent the glory of God in this world. We can't. You know why? Because of sin, we are wise in our own eyes. Our, we use our intellect and reason, responsibility and creativity in things that do not honor God. They honor us because we're selfish. We, do all, we use all these things for our own good, but not for His good. We still have freedom of morality, but we pick and choose what is good and what is right in our own eyes because of our own wisdom. You see, when we sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, we did not stop being the top dog of creation. Okay? All of a sudden, dogs did not rule the world. We still rule the world. But the thing is, in our ruling and reflecting the character of God, we are not representing Him. Because of our sin. Because we are doing things for our own good, not for His Will, not for his glory and honor and praise. This is the sad part. We human beings could be ruling the world, doing all sorts of great things. We could be using the character and the abilities and everything that God has given us for, for good in this world. But we could also not be representing God even though we're doing all those two things. This is why Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Look at verse 21. I put the numbers in there so that you can follow along with me here. Verse 21 talks about the importance of God's will. Remember? Knowing God's will is only half of the half of the solution. We need to do it. And what happens when we don't do it? This is what happens. We fall short. God tells us, you can't be in my kingdom. Because you know what God's will is, but you're not doing it. You're ruling and reflecting. You're doing all sorts of good things. But those good things that you're doing are good things for you. Not for my father, not for me. And you're probably thinking, whoa, 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 wait. Is he talking about Christians? He's talking about people who profess to be Christians because they call Jesus Lord, Lord. And in verse 22, they're doing all sorts of great things. They were prophesying. They were driving out demons. They were performing many miracles in the name of Jesus. Like this is, this is like right here. They're not just feeding the hungry, clothing the poor. You know, they're not just giving bus passes to people who don't have bus passes. They were doing miraculous things. But they're not doing God's will. They're doing things out of their own selfish selves. They were not representing God. And so what does Jesus say to all of this? He says to them plainly, wait, wait, can you turn around? I don't recognize who you are. I don't know who you are. Yeah, you did all those great things. You read the Bible every day. You know, you come to church on Sundays. You pay your taxes. You don't cheat on your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend. But I don't know who you are. I don't recognize you. Sorry. Leave. You doers of evil. You who practice lawlessness. Lawlessness is doing the things that God did not will. That is the problem. But in the last few minutes that we have remaining, I want to tell you that there's good news. We know the good news. The good news, and that's what we want to, do, to dwell in, is the good news. The good news is that God Ever since Adam and Eve have sinned in the book of Genesis at the very beginning, has not stopped trying and working and planning and working in the world to reconcile his image back into people. He's always worked so that we can, we can be restored into God through Christ. And that is the key. He wants us. He wants, he wants us to have Christ in our hearts. God wants to indwell us with His Spirit so that we will be the perfect image of Him. Because this body, in, of our, in and of ourselves, with sin, is nothing. Remember what, uh, what we heard from uh, the prayer today from Randy? Without God, we're nothing. Without Jesus Christ, we're nothing. Because He is with us We are worth a lot. 
Did you guys hear about that guy in Philadelphia who went to a flea market and he bought this painting because he thought it was really nice? Okay, He bought this painting for $4. And he brought it home and he was like, oh, this is a nice painting. But the frame is even nicer because the frame was, was, was battered, but it was really ornate and nice and wood. So he took out the painting from it so that he could reuse the, the frame. You know what he found inside? He found an original copy of the Declaration of Independence in the States. If you ask any American, they will tell you that the Declaration of Independence is the single most important U.S. historical artifact ever. And this guy found one original one in his $4 picture at the flea market. You know what he did with it? He took it to Sotheby's, the auction people. And this thing went on auction, and the owner of the president of Sotheby said, "Oh, it's in re really good condition. It's probably going to fetch you one million dollars." This was in 1991, and you know how much he got for it in 1991? He got 2.4 million dollars, from four dollars to 2.4 million dollars. But it's not over yet. In the year 2000, that same copy of the Declaration of Independence of 1776 was auctioned again by the, by the current owner. You know how much it fetched in 2000? $8 million. From $4 to $8 million. It's the same thing with us. This body is nothing without the one, without the one who is the perfect image of the invisible God. The one who is supposed to be us, the perfect person in the world. And because he did it for us, we also need, because he did it for us, he has given us the example and the ability to be able to be the true image bearer of God that he wants us to be. But the thing is, many people don't see that. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And even though sometimes we proclaim that we are for God, that we are Christians, sometimes we do not see this. Sometimes we even, we are blinded by the things of the world. And so this morning, I encourage all of us Instead of rejecting Jesus, instead of ridiculing Jesus, instead of resisting the power of Jesus to be the image of God in us, I encourage all of us to receive Jesus this morning. And I only have two more verses here to share with you. And these two verses I want to share with you to really wrap up and conclude what we were just talking about today, about us being image bearers. At the beginning, I asked, what is God's, what is God's um, will for our lives today? I have this passage here that will really sum up what God's will for us today is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. If anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. 
All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. This morning, I want us to really be sure that we understand God's vision for human beings is, his will for us as human beings, as image bearers. With Christ, we are a new creation. God is restoring us through Jesus what we, what we should have been at the beginning when he created us in his own image and likeness. And that can only be done through Jesus. And the good news of reconciliation is that he has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And if we want to really rule, uh, reflect, and represent God in this world, I want us to really pay attention to the immediate action that we want to do after this lesson. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19 and 20, after this, this is what Paul says. He tells us, He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. We are His representatives, you see. What does that mean? If we are his representatives, he says, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to that point where God made us at creation to be made in his image and his likeness. And that is the message that we have this morning. We have been given this amazing ability and honor to bear the image of God in our bodies. We have been given the honor to rule, reflect, and represent. That is who we are as human beings. And as we stand and sing, let's pay attention to the words that we are singing. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in all of us as we represent God, as we work in this world. Thank you for listening.